and welcome to PCTY Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson. During our time together, we'll stay close to the news and info you need to succeed as an HR pro. And together, we'll explore topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, and real-life HR situations we face every day. Let's jump right in with today's guest, Steve Beauchamp, CEO here at Paylocity and recently recognized by Glassdoor as being one of the highest rated CEOs during the COVID-19 crisis. Steve, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks, Sherry. Excited to have the opportunity. So I thought we could spend some time today talking about the modern workforce. So for my first question, I wanted to ask you, what shifts have you seen in the workforce during the pandemic? That's a great question. I think we've seen a lot of changes over the last nine months or so, and really almost coming up on a year now. The first thing I would say is a lot of the shifts, I think, were already underway pre-pandemic. And so if you think of millennials becoming a larger share of the workforce, actually getting into decision-making roles as well, you think of Gen Z just starting to enter the workforce, um, I think that was putting a lot of pressure on legacy HR processes and systems. Um, The generation was demanding much more transparency. They really wanted to understand what an organization stood for, how they thought about things that are outside of the workforce and things that were going on in the community. Um, They wanted to understand how they're being developed and what that development was going to look like. Um, And I think all of that was kind of happening before. And they also wanted increased flexibility. So things like working from home and flexible schedules. Um, And so if you put all of that together, I think we're starting to see that build very, very slowly. And what happened with the pandemic is some of these trends just got significantly accelerated. And so obvious one is the work from home and the idea of being able to have much more flexibility in how you get things done. That accelerated significantly during the pandemic, and I think that caught a lot of people off guard because some of the traditional HR processes and some of the way that that you would connect and communicate with employees really didn't work very well anymore. And everyone started to get that replaced with Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting, and, and, and that got old pretty quickly as well. And so I think you saw an acceleration of the trends that were happening, and we got what I think was probably three years worth of change in about a nine-month period. I totally agree. Um, as you think forward, how do you think those will impact, you know, the things you just described, what a more modern workforce looks like in our future? Yeah, I think we're starting to feel that already. And so I go back to some of the things that we had to do to make adjustments in terms of how we communicated and connected with employees. I can remember pre-pandemic, we would have quarterly meetings and we would have PowerPoint presentations and we'd put a lot of time and effort in terms of getting in front of all of our folks. And as many people as possible, we try to do in person. And then as we went into the pandemic, it created an environment where we needed much more frequent messaging to employees. And obviously, we couldn't get in front of them in person. And I think what we learned from that experience, we started having weekly Q&A sessions with every single employee. We leveraged our survey capabilities to find out what's on their mind first. And I couldn't believe that we had enough content to actually have a half-hour session every single Friday. And every single uh, Friday, we would have a whole series of questions. In some cases, they were the same questions that we needed to reinforce the messaging. But this bite-sized approach towards communication, I think, was really effective at the start of the pandemic. And to this day, we still now do that every two weeks instead of every week. And it still surprises me how much content is available to us to communicate with employees. 
The other thing that we learned is not everyone can show up live. And so the ability to then record these sessions and make them available. So we've got, you know, we're approaching 4,000 employees and we can get, you know, maybe a third of the folks live that actually show up for the session. It's not always the same third, by the way. And then we see another probably third of the folks watch the recorded session. And then, you know, some of that trickles into other meetings and people share it in different ways. But that, in my mind, is actually a way more effective way to communicate than the the quarterly or monthly town hall-like meeting where you're trying to get everyone together and they're there for a croissant or a muffin. You're actually giving it to them in real time, in the moment, as things are happening. And I think it actually keeps people much more connected. So things like that, that type of more frequent communication um, in multimedia format where somebody can listen to it, they can watch the recorded video, they can uh, jump in live and give them ways to ask questions in different formats. So they can chat in questions during the meeting. When you post the video, they can actually comment with questions after the meeting or they can be part of the meeting and, and then be able to ask each other questions, have conversations while this is going on. And so I think when you put all that together, That's an example of a trend that I think we're going to be better off for many years because we've had to accelerate and communicate and connect with our employees in a very different way. One of my favorite things about those sessions that we do is obviously we cover the most important questions, but also there's this um, personal piece that all of the execs add. I know that, you know, you have a, a cornucopia of wildlife at your house. And and some of that has made its appearance on those sessions. And um, it really makes that connection and kind of opens up transparency and some of that culture of caring we've talked about before. Yeah, you bring up a couple of good points. So I think one is it does, you know, as a, as a leadership team, when you've got a broad set of employees, you don't have the opportunity to see people face to face, even if they're in different locations pre-pandemic. And so the idea of being able to be on video and sometimes having fun with you know, topics that maybe are less work oriented and showing kind of the human side. We're all we're all people just trying to get a job done and we all have the same purpose. Um, I think that actually has been really valuable, whether it's somebody who's got their pet sitting on their lap and showing them, um, as you mentioned, you know, my family has a whole bunch of animals and fosters animals. And so you get to see some stuff that's going on in someone's home. And so I think that's been one of the real benefits. I think the other thing on top of that because you can become more human, people can start asking different types of questions that you would get otherwise. And you get a lot of questions about, what do you think about what's going on in the world? What is Pelosity's position with you know, Black Lives Matters and what's happening? And boy, I think in the past, organizations would be, I don't want to touch that. Like That is something that's going on outside of our purpose at work. And so let's keep those things separate. But the reality is, you know, everyone's work and home life are very blended and they were blended before. It's just much more obvious to us now. And so you actually have to be able to kind of tackle topics like that and talk about here's the values of the company. And there might be stuff going on in society that are not consistent with the values of the company. It's okay to say that's not consistent. And that doesn't mean you're involved in political conversations or some of these other things, but you do have to be really comfortable talking about your values and talking about what's happening in the community and what we stand for as an organization. And I think these rapid fire sessions that are happening on a frequent basis give you a much bigger opportunity to do things like that as well. How have you seen or how do you envision HR needing to evolve in this new space? So I think first and foremost, most people go into HR because they really enjoy people. And they really want to be able to drive initiatives that make people's lives at work better, um, that allow the organization to find the best people, to retain the best people, 
And unfortunately, I think a lot of HR people feel like the time that they spend on any given day feels very administrative. So I've got to make sure that new hires are happening on time, people are getting paid, that if there's an employee relations issue, then I'm really talking to the manager. But I'm not really spending as much time out in front of the employees, creating new initiatives, I'm getting feedback from people, reacting to that, helping with leadership development. And I think HR people would love to shift some of their time to spend more time doing the things that they love and the reason they actually got into HR in the first place. And so I think it starts with the more automation and the digital transformation. If you can drive that process, then you can be much more effective at all of those things that are taking up your time today. And then it's about how do I become creative in my job about engaging with folks um, and with all the employees that are really important to me. And I think that's going to be a big shift for people. And I think we've been forced through a rapid digital transformation process over the last nine months. And organizations that have done that well will maintain efficiency on a go-forward basis. And with the time that they free up, can start looking at more engaging, more fun, uh, more initiatives that actually tie towards um, driving business results for their organizations. So you've mentioned digital transformation a couple of times, and you actually already mentioned Zoom fatigue. How do you see, you know, those things kind of hand in hand as you continue with digital transformation? How does that change the organization as people are now experiencing things like Zoom fatigue? Yeah, so I think two separate concepts, but they're they're related, right? Because they're both digital interactions. I think you've got to focus on digital transformation on um, things that are very process oriented and oftentimes fairly manual. And so if you can save administrative time and you can eliminate paperwork and you can digitize all of those processes so that as an HR person, I don't have to be in the middle of something that can come from an employee to a manager and maybe to the manager's manager. And then I don't really necessarily have to be involved and touch everything like that. And ultimately, that is just a more efficient way. And you're putting the information in the hands of the people who are making the decision. And, and that's what I'm talking about with really digital transformation is a lot of these processes it could be a performance management process, it could be the recruiting process, it could be onboarding new employees, but all these things that have to regularly get done with employees need to be digitized. And so I think that's really important. I think as you start to think about things like Zoom fatigue and some of the other things that you're doing to communicate and connect and engage with employees, variety is really, really key. Um, I know, I feel that when I'm sitting at home all day and I've got meeting after meeting after meeting and I've got no variety in my day and I'm not in the office and I didn't have that water cooler conversation or I didn't find an opportunity to get in front of a group of people in a completely different setting, all that variety is really engaging for me personally. And I think it's engaging for most people. And the challenge is you've got the same thing over and over again. And so I think as an example, one of the things that we've tried to really leverage a lot is really asynchronous video. So instead of being in a meeting with 12 other people, and I, you know, I'm on camera, I'm, I'm paying attention the entire time, maybe I can digest that information offline. Maybe I can shorten the meeting a little bit. Instead of having an hour meeting, maybe I have a half hour meeting. And oftentimes what we'll do is we'll say, listen, we're going to record a video on the last part that we wanted to cover. And then maybe you can just comment. And so, you know, written communication embedded in that asynchronous video, um, and then actually scheduling some time for breaks and thinking, right? Like, I think that's something that you've always wanted to do before. With Zoom fatigue, Having meeting after meeting after meeting, you've got to find ways to put more variety in the schedule. I love those ideas. And and it's a little heartwarming knowing that, you know, you and your role as a CEO are experiencing some of those same things, back-to-back meetings and missing some of that connection that we had before. 
you know, we are on our own journey here and, and I think we're definitely at the forefront of a modern workforce, but there's companies who chose or might be choosing to go back to usual or pre-pandemic operational approach. How do you think that's going to implicate them going forward in their business? I think every business really needs to focus on their people because ultimately it's their people that are making products, that are interacting with customers, that are creating sales. And so the people are definitely the most important resource. And so if you go back to the trends that I talked about pre-pandemic, so as the younger generation gets to be a larger share of the workforce, this is not going to go away. And one of the things that I said to my team is, we need to think about operating in a pandemic for an extended period of time. And almost from a mindset perspective, let's think about how we're going to do this forever. We never intended to do it forever. Obviously, that wasn't the thought process. But if we don't think about this as a temporary situation, we're going to take these challenges much more seriously, and we're going to try to find different creative ways to operate. And then when we come out of the pandemic, we've got to then take the things that really worked well. So maybe we're definitely going to give people more work days from home. We definitely are going to look at roles that we never hired remotely that we're going to be able to hire remotely because we've been able to get better at all these things. And so organizations who didn't do that and looked at this as just a moment in time and just try to fight your way through it, they're not going to be in as good of a position to be able to handle all the same trends that were happening before that have now accelerated. And so, you know, as people come even back into the offices or back into the manufacturing facilities or the restaurants, they're going to be demanding for more transparency. They're going to be asking a whole bunch of questions with a lot more passion and energy than they did prior to that. And the organization is going to be in the same position they were a year prior in terms of how they're going to be able to handle that. The economy is going to come back. Jobs are going to be available and people will move if they're not happy. And so if you really want to be able to retain your workforce, you've got to be able to take these challenges seriously now and put in different ways to connect, communicate, um, and engage with your employees. Otherwise, the talent that you need to grow your business will not be available. As I think about those that are listening, HR practitioners who are walking away from this conversation, knowing that they really need to be the driver of a more modern workforce. What advice do you have for them on how to have those conversations with their CEOs and their C-suite to help drive that change? Yeah, so I think start small. That's the biggest thing that I would say. It sounds really intimidating when you think of all the great initiatives that you'd want to be able to drive as an HR person. And I think HR people are generally pretty creative around this. But it's hard for them to get buy-in from the organization as a whole. And so I think starting small is the right way to think about it. So, for example, if I went to the CEO and I was an HR professional, I said, I'd really love you to record a video for all of your employees and get in front of the camera and explain what's happening with the organization and what the future looks like. And the CEO says, I'm really not comfortable doing that. Okay, then maybe go to the sales and marketing person and see if they'll get in front of the camera and do that. And then you start with like a video message, maybe to a subset of the organization as a team, Um, or you start trying to communicate the regular things that you might be communicating via email. Maybe you start putting those out in social posts and we have that capability in our product where now employees can react and you just start with kind of everyday type of communication and you don't do anything that would feel uh, very different from a cultural perspective to start. And you try to get more people engaged across the organization to do that. So, for example, when we first rolled out, you know, a completely different example, but performance management and trying to use our everyday journal capability so that it doesn't feel like just an annual cycle. 
we started with our technology team. Our technology team started started using that first. They were naturally more inclined to do it. And honestly, we probably did that in technology for a year before the rest of the organization started. So start small with a subset of the organization with very small messages. Think of things like broad-based announcements that you're already doing and find more modern ways to be able to do that. And then look for where you've got champions across the organization um, and get them involved because what we have found is that becomes infectious. If they're starting to see other parts of the organization take advantage of more modern capabilities and connecting with employees in different ways, then you will find that the success breeds success. I love that. Really practical advice. Um, okay, wrapping up as, as my last question to you, as you look at kind of all this change happening, what is the one thing that like you're really jazzed about gets you excited to see where it's going in the future? Yeah, um, I think there's a lot to be excited about. So first of all, there's a lot of change going on in the HR world's job, right? And I think the, the excitement starts with if more of that administrative task can be automated, then HR people can get back to the things that they really love doing and they can be creative and they can really be focused on driving the culture of their organization. And I think that is just super exciting for our industry as a whole. Um, And some of that, you know, stigma of, oh, HR is involved or now I've got to go to HR. I think that can change dramatically over the next several years. And, And people can see HR as really being strategic to the business and really helping to drive the business objectives because they're not spending all their time on this administrative work and everything has been digitized. And you start to think about how do I drive cultural initiatives? How do I get involved in things like employee resource groups? How do I actually listen to feedback from employees and then take that feedback and share that across the organization and drive initiatives based off of that? And so I think there's just so many opportunity when it comes to people that we we have an opportunity to provide tools and technology to really connect and engage with those modern workers. And so you think about what's going on around the world. Social media, obviously, has a huge presence in everyone's personal lives. How does that get replicated at work? And how can we use tools like that to connect with people? Now we get people much more comfortable with things like video. Um, So how do we imagine video in the everyday HR process? And how do we think about that as a way to connect with employees at a much higher level than maybe something like email? How do we get employees to communicate with each other in different ways? And so you think about that in places like rewards and recognition and being able to reinforce behaviors. Um, Performance management is another great area where you can start to have everyday conversations that end up building up towards maybe a review, which might be done monthly, quarterly, semi-annually. The old once a year Word document kind of review, I could see that kind of go away over time. And so I think it's, it's taking things that are going on in broader society and looking at how to communicate and connect with employees and making sure that those tools are available for HR people. Because as we free them up and unlock this creativity, we've got to make sure that they have um, the tools to be able to connect with that, that modern worker. And I don't think that modern worker, by the way, is only Gen Z or millennials. I think everybody's going to be demanding this. Everybody has a phone in the palm of their hand. And I would much rather get a message right on my phone than have to wait to go home and check something. And people are going to be demanding that in terms of in real time. And I think we're going to see a period over the next five years of significant change in the HR profession. I'm not going to lie. As you were talking about that, I just got goosebumps. Just thinking about the potential that HR is going to have over the next several years here. 
Well, Sherry, just to add to this, like, thank you for doing this podcast. This is a great example of, um, obviously, you have responsibility for HR within our organization, right, and being a great business partner. But you, you came up with the idea of doing these podcasts and tackling different topics that help our teams who listen to it, but also help the broader HR community. And you're able to use creativity. You're able to engage with a whole bunch of different folks and pass on learning to these different organizations. And to me, that's an example that that wouldn't exist several years ago. And I know that we get listeners both internally and externally. And I think it's examples like that, that HR organizations can start to take advantage of and be more creative. And And I think it's, I see the passion when you do it. And I, I think others can take advantage of similar opportunities. Well, thank you for such the kind words. HR definitely has a sky's the limit opportunity right now. So Steve, thanks for taking some time to talk with me today. Thanks, Sherry. This podcast is brought to you by Paylocity a leading HCM provider that frees you from the tasks of today so you can focus more on the promise of tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a topic or appear as a guest on a future episode, email us at pctytalks at paylocity.com.